Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. The Diamondbacks got back on track in the most dramatic way possible. Also, the Big Ten takes center stage this weekend, and the Lakers are worth your attention. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. There's an old baseball saying that sometimes you just need to go out and dominate a game one nothing. That's not exactly how game three of the NLCS finished, but close enough. The Arizona Diamondbacks walk off the Philadelphia Phillies in a 2-1 game to get back into the series. Cattell Marte with the bases loaded, drives in the winning run, and the D-backs are back in this one. Miller Thomas from Locked On Diamondbacks joins me now. And this is a game that was not quite as scoring heavy as some of the other games that we've seen yeah. in this series. And so how was Arizona able to change the tenor of this series in this one? The Phillies bats, right? That's something that's been a big problem for not just the D-backs, but everyone that's faced the Phillies in the postseason the last two years. And who would have guessed that the D-backs rookie starter, Brandon Fott, not Zach Gallen, not Merrill Kelly, not the two frontline aces for the D-backs, but their rookie after coming off a fantastic start against the LA Dodgers to close out that series in the NLDS. He comes through big time against his Phillies, pitches into the sixth inning, has nine strikeouts. And honestly, if you watch um the like the feed from the game, like Fans were booing Tori Lovello's decision to take Fod out because that dude was so locked in. And it was finally nice to see a pitcher, you know, for any team, slow down that Phillies offense in a postseason setting. Yeah, just three hits for the Phils. Four total bases. They left three stranded. And if it wasn't for a wild pitch, this, this would have been a game three shutout. How, if you're the Diamondbacks then, do you carry this forward? Because as you said, no one has kept this Philadelphia offense down basically at all but certainly for any stretch of time yeah i don't know if you can do this again i don't know if this is replicable it looks like it might be potentially a bullpen game in game number four so what you really need is for those d backs bats to wake up keto Marte has been phenomenal not just this postseason his entire career you go look at the numbers keto Marte is that dude in the playoffs and he came through in a big way in game three of course had the walk-off hit but he can't be the only one. Ketel Marte was going up there ripping doubles every single time, but he wasn't able to bring anyone home. No one is bringing home Ketel Marte. The D-backs have to come through with their runners in scoring position. You cannot have first and third, nobody out, and get nothing from those kind of scenarios. Mm. That Phillies offense is just too good. And thankfully, they didn't kill you today, but you go another game where you're not coming through in those situations. I don't know if you're able to escape with another victory like you did today. How would you characterize the series as it heads to game four? I'm trying to avoid the phrase must win, mm -hmm. but do you see it as one as we get toward game four? I mean, because baseball, you get that two, three, two. I mean, it, it's a must win, but that's kind of like every playoff game, right? Like every yeah. game is kind of a must win. I mean, you'd like win. to win them all, right? Yeah, you like to win them all. So for the D-backs, like, yeah. Game four is a must win. Game five is a must win too, because I would feel a lot better going back to Philly up three, two, than the Phillies having a chance to clinch in like that first game back in Philadelphia, or maybe even clinch before they go back to Philly. So yeah, game four is a must win. Game five is a must win. We got to get through this bullpen game. We'll see if we could get 
a fantastic start from Ryan Nelson, or if the bullpen can piece it together for those nine innings, really try to keep that Phillies offense off the board. D-backs, bats have to wake up in game four, and hopefully your two frontline starters can get you through game five. Game six, hopefully the D-backs can wrap it up before game seven, because I do not want to see this D-backs team in a game seven in Citizens Bank Park and that playoff atmosphere, it might be violent. It might be deadly. It might be dangerous. So I don't want to see the D-backs in that kind of environment. Do you take anything away from the fact that both runs in this game for the Diamondbacks, including the game winner, came off the bullpen in this one? Um, I think we have seen, like, the Philly starters have been keyed in on this Arizona Dimebacks lineup. You look at Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, then Ranger Suarez today. And the D-backs offense really hasn't been able to get going until that third time through the Phillies rotation or or or, or uh, when they get to the bullpen, like we saw Perdomo in game one. That third time through the line for Zach Wheeler is when we were able to get to him. And then it looked like the offense heated up um, as we entered the bullpen stages. And I think that's when we've seen the D-backs, uh, the D-backs offense be at their best this series, when they've been able to get those starters out the game and attack the relievers of the Phillies. The only issue is those relievers don't come into like the seventh inning, right? Late in the sixth inning. The D-backs have to do a better job of getting those Philly starters out the game early because otherwise the Phillies are throwing out their best relievers, you know, later in the game or the Phillies offense puts six runs on the board and they can save your best relievers. But either way, you have to find a way to get these Philly starters out the game early because we've seen the D-backs have some success against those Phillies relievers. And Craig Kimbrell, first postseason blown save in his career. Good job, D-backs. Stay up to date all year on the Arizona Diamondbacks by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Diamondbacks on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Big Ten will be on everyone's mind this weekend before we get to why Sunday's Raiders-Bears game will be a battle of backup quarterbacks. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's important to be prepared. Maybe you're traveling overseas. Maybe there are events taking place that are out of your control. Don't let your health be one of the things out of your control. Jace Medical wants you to be in control, and that's why they have the Jace case. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. You can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs. Jace Medical now offers customizability for your Jace case with dozens of add-on medications. Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs. You can also buy a gift card for your family or your loved ones so that they can get a Jace case of their own. Go to jacemedical.com and enter code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Saints and Jags battled on Thursday night. A win is a win again for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm Tony Wiggins with the Locked On Jaguars podcast. We're at your team every day. Unbelievable that the Jacksonville Jaguars hold on to win 31-24 versus the New Orleans Saints in the Big Easy. In a game, the Jaguars dominated early, but just didn't score enough points to pull away and made enough mistakes that allowed the Saints to hang around and stay in the game. Trevor Lawrence started out very hot, ironically ran the ball extremely well even though it was banged up. But at the end of the day, the hero was Christian Kirk in the second half and 
second-year player, Monteric Brown. We call him Buster at corner. He played very well and had some key plays down the stretch, including the final play of the game for the New Orleans Saints. The Jaguars hold on to win 31-24. It's on to Pittsburgh. A win is a win, and they'll take it. The Astros look to avoid going down three games to one to the Rangers. You know what? They always ask for the Houston Astros, and they get the Houston Astros, but... And they even sometimes take a two to nothing lead against the Houston Astros. But then the Houston Astros do this thing where they realize they are the Houston Astros. And then they take two games on the road at Arlington and they demolish the Rangers. They don't just beat the Rangers. They demolish the Rangers. And now the series is 2-2 going to game five. And guess who's on the mound? Justin Verlander versus Jordan Montgomery. This is going to be an epic matchup, a uh, repeat of game one, and I'm all here for it. Check us out on the Locked on Astros podcast. And Terry Stotts has stepped down as an assistant coach with the Milwaukee Bucks. Head coach Adrian Griffin confirmed reports of that move on Thursday after sitting out two seasons following his departure as the Portland Trailblazers coach, of course, with Damian Lillard, who is now in Milwaukee, Stotts had joined Griffin's staff in the spring, but ultimately decided in recent days that he wouldn't continue in that assistant coach role. Griffin declined to comment on the circumstances, but said the move was Stotts' decision. He told reporters he was still evaluating whether to bring someone else in to fill Stotts' role. Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will not play in Sunday's game against the Chicago Bears because of his back injury. Garoppolo did not practice Wednesday because of the injury, which he suffered in Las Vegas Week 6 victory over the New England Patriots. Sunday's game at Chicago will likely feature backup quarterbacks on both sides. The Bears lost Justin Fields, who is doubtful because of a dislocated thumb, putting rookie Tyson Badgett in line to start. Brian Hoyer relieved Garoppolo on Sunday. However, rookie Aiden O'Connell started for the Raiders in their week four loss at the LA Chargers. Jimmy G has compiled a robust 82.6 pass rating this year. And there are already Raider fans who believe that Aiden O'Connell is just a flat out better option. Here is another story you need to know. It is a tumultuous time to be a Big Ten fan right now. There is a marquee matchup, Penn State, Ohio State on the horizon. But Michigan just cannot let them take the spotlight. They are now reportedly under NCAA investigation over sign stealing. Jim Harbaugh, just this is this is getting a little ridiculous now with some of this stuff. Craig Sheeman from Locked On Big Ten joins me now. And and Craig, I, look, I it's hard for me to hide my feelings about this because I just I kind of think it's a ridiculous thing. Why does the NCAA care about something like this? Well, that's interesting because uh, a lot of people will say, hey, it seems like the NCAA really has it in for Jim Harbaugh. I mean, if if you think that this is ridiculous, you must think that the hamburger gate from the last go around was ridiculous as well. <laughs> um, and, you know, with hamburger gate and all the meeting and improper times during COVID, as we were going through this this summer, I couldn't help but think. Uh, Harbaugh's got to be getting tired of this. And this is going to send him right back to the NFL where he doesn't have to deal with this nonsense. 
And I think there's more coming from that investigation. I think that's why they settled on the three games. Let's get some of this over with now because it could be four to six games and there's going to be more to serve next year. Now with this uh, spy gate going on, if uh, you know your history, my history covering sports, it'd be very reasonable to think that the NCAA perhaps finds somebody guilty at Michigan and then they lose scholarships and maybe a postseason ban. I mean, I, I think it could get pretty serious pretty quick, even though I'm, I tend to be like you, like, what's going on? Why do we even have this rule? If uh, I tend to think I'd want my coaches going the extra mile to find out what the other teams do, whether it be watching all 22 film or catching some signals. But nevertheless, the There's rule 100,000 people in the stadium. Uh, I just find it kind of ridiculous that you would be worried about anything happening on the field. I, if I can go to a game and see what's happening, I, I can't fault any team from going, Hey, I see what they're doing. That correlates to this other thing. But to your point, and I wanted to ask you about this. We've seen plenty of collegiate coaches leave the college ranks precisely because their program is either under investigation or about to become under investigation. Hello, Pete Carroll at USC once upon a time. Yeah. So to what degree do you think this impacts the future for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan? I... You know, like I said, going to the summer with the previous Burgergate thing, I thought eh, he was thinking about leaving. But then I heard just last week that they were pretty close to announcing a new contract finally for Jim Harbaugh. Remember, he took a pay cut a few years back because he wasn't delivering and he kept losing to Ohio State, took the pay cut. It's time to bring it back up. And it's going to be, the word is, going to make him the highest paid coach of the Big Ten. We all know that Ryan Day starts at $10.2 million a year, so you mm. can – you can envision a, a 10-year, $110, $120 million deal coming. Well, now now what? And um, now I think this might push Harbaugh back in the other direction where he was just ready to reconcile and say, all right, I'm going to be here at Michigan for the rest of my life. They're going to build a statue of me. We're going to win a national championship this year. Now I think he's got to be thinking again, what is going on? He, he worded a pretty strong statement saying he knows nothing, but – that you know that's what everybody does that's smart and if you're caught in the middle of some sort of controversy but um it, it i think this pushes them to the nfl is what i'm trying to say future chicago bears head coach jim harbaugh um there is football to be played in the big 10 craig uh in fact a pretty big game between penn state and ohio state a pair of top 10 teams set to square off and and this is at a time when there have been some questions about not just the Big Ten, but hey, Ohio State, are they as good as we're used to them being? Which one of these programs right now, as we enter into this weekend, do you think has more pressure on them to perform in a game like this? Well, you know, Penn State's got the uh, Penn State's had good teams in the past, but they can never get by Ohio State. That's the problem. And I think ever since spring football, they have had this date circled on their calendar. I think Penn State went into this season not only thinking they were good enough to win a Big Ten championship, I think they think they're good enough to win it all. And they might be. Um, they are certain this is the best team James Franklin's ever had. Yeah. It's the deepest team he's ever had. It's still young enough where they can be effective next year as well. Um, you know, if not now, then when? Plus, Ohio State's got three running backs hurt. Their number two receiver and a corner all got hurt last week, and, and nobody's saying anything because they don't want to give any intel on But I, I don't know how healthy those guys are going to be for Ohio State. So I go back to, if not now, then when? Penn State needs to win this football game. So to answer your question, I think Penn State has the bigger pressure on them right now. Although, 
if Ohio State loses, forget about all the, uh, hey, let's get rid of Ryan Day if he can't beat Michigan talk. That talk will speed up right now if he can't. I mean, the guy's lost six games in five years. My goodness. But if he loses this one, I guess the pressure's on both sides. Stay up to date on the Big Ten Conference by subscribing to Locked On Big Ten and Locked On Sports today on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Lakers are worth your consideration. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Not usually how it works at a sports book. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and a ton more. There's an intriguing line on the Packers-Broncos game. It's been a rough year for Sean Payton's team. Oh, so sad. And FanDuel likes Green Bay on the road. Jordan Love and company are laying one and a half in this one. You can also combine different prop bets within a game to get an even bigger payout. FanDuel, same game parlays. They're a great way to enhance your sports watching experience. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Are people sleeping on the Lakers? Or are people too high on the Lakers? It can't be both, I suppose. Locked on Lakers host Brian Kamenetsky tries to sell us on the Lakers. I mean, look, our, our friends at the fan books, uh, FanDuel Sportsbook have them at fifth in terms of title odds. And so yep. I'm counting five teams, which means someone in that other show belongs here. Um, but <laughs> I, yes, is the short answer. They definitely got better. Not because necessarily the name talent that they added was, you know, off the charts good. They did a great job bringing back important players from last year, and they added a little bit more balance. Little stuff like taking, getting Torian Prince to fill out the front court. So now you have a guy who can play the three and the four instead of a bunch of two threes, which was what they had going into the season last year. You know, he's a legitimate, he's promised he's going to shoot, promised uh, this week at practice, he would shoot over 40% from three-point range. Um, so, you know, I guess you can just book that and, and say it's good to go. But they did th- th- all of that stuff. And then you add Christian Wood, who obviously has a lot of question marks, you know, everywhere, I guess, you know, sort of waves arms around. But in terms of an offensive fit on a team where you can pretty much guarantee that Anthony Davis is going to miss at least 15 games to have somebody like that there who can put up 20 on those nights. So LeBron doesn't have to put up 40. Um, the Lakers are definitely a better team than they were last year. And they have the continuity, which is something they haven't had in years. Everything changed at the trade deadline last year. The Lakers fundamentally changed at the trade deadline last year. They went from a team that was DOA in the playoffs to a team that, despite the eventual outcome, I understand, they were swept. And there's this narrative that it was the closest sweep ever. Like, who cares about that part of it? They made the Nuggets work for every single one of their wins in that series. And then they went out and got better. They are one of the three or four best teams in the Western Conference, and they have two of the, what, eight or ten best players in the Western Conference. Yes, they're the Lakers, and I understand, especially if you're a small market fan, 
rolling your eyes. Oh, you're going to sell us on the Lakers, this guy. Yes. This is one of those rare times. The Nuggets are the defending champions and rightly the co-favorites. The Suns made a bunch of splashy moves. They are the talk of, or at least they were before the Bucks traded for Damian Lillard and the Celtics traded for Drew Holiday. Certainly the talk of the West this offseason. But the Lakers quietly made themselves better. And they were already really, really good. This is not just Lakers hype. This team is a legitimate threat in the West. And finally, no one has ever been set up to do a fake punt like the Chiefs may be this weekend. With regular punter Tommy Townsend questionable to play, Kansas City decided it was okay for Patrick Mahomes to take some reps as the backup punter. In fact, the special teams coach confirmed it on the record. He's our backup punter. He could do it. He shows me all the time. He's out there at practice. Boom. That is special teams coach Dave Taub. I'd say the Chargers should play punts with the safe defense, but I'm guessing they already knew that. Plus defense, not really one of their strong suits. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, who's separating themselves from the pack in the NFL playoff picture? Yes, the playoff picture. So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.